Welcome back, everybody, to the Six Pennies podcast. Today we are doing a special baseball MLB edition. Are you excited about that, Mock? I'm excited. I don't know if anyone else is excited, but you and me. Yeah, that's what matters. Yeah, that's true. Um, Timmy obviously can't make it, so that's why we're talking about baseball. Um, with that being said, today's episode is brought to you by Aleph Technologies. Are you looking to build up your resume? Do you want to jump? into or move up the professional ranks in the IT industry? Or do you just want formal training in various business methodologies? Whatever your reason may be, let Aleph Technologies take care of all your training needs. Uh, Check them out at their website at aleph-technologies.com. That's A-L-E-P-H-technologies.com. Or you can just email them directly at training at aleph-technologies.com. Um, so a lot of people were asking me what Aleph stands for, and it's actually the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So I guess their whole business model is like, if you want to start in the IT industry, then, you know, you should call them up. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Mock, the Astros are on fire. They've been on fire all year. Um, was this expected? Are they playing better, higher than your expectations or... Well, this is going to be a rough week for me. Um, All-Star weekend is, is coming up, and honestly, it's almost like a dead sports week. I know Wimbledon's going on, but it's going to be a long week without like real baseball for me. Um, I'm obviously a big Astros fan, and I remember I just a couple minutes ago listened back to our MLB season preview nice. from like three and a half or four months ago. Yeah. And we were pretty, we were pretty right on. Um, I, I remember I said that I was pretty high in the Astros. I expected us to win a division and uh, hopefully finish with like a second or third seed. But they've definitely exceeded expectations. Their, uh, our pitching has been a lot better than expected. And our hitting, we're honestly hitting at like a historical rate almost, um, especially on the road. We're averaging over seven runs a game. And I think this is the first time, at least that I can remember, that a team is leading the league in home runs and with the least number of strikeouts. It's, it's kind of unheard of right now. It's like the perfect mix, right, of young players, and then you added Beltron and all these guys, McCann and stuff. Yeah, uh, we're really young, so there's a lot of hope for the future. But, I mean, you know how I always feel every year. It's almost championship or bust, so... I'm not going to look ahead too much, but we're definitely in a good spot. Yeah, with um, just piggybacking off what you said about the road road record, I think they've only lost like 10 games or something ridiculous on the road. I know their overall record is 60 and 29, so they're on a 100-plus win pace, which is always awesome when you see a team win 100. And honestly, I I check standings almost on a daily basis because my Rangers are – Definitely not in the AL West hunt, but they're in the middle of the wild card hunt. But every hanging around. every time I check the standings, man, the last ten for the Astros is always like eight and two, nine and one, seven and three. <laughs> it's like so disheartening as a Rangers fan just looking up at how good Houston is. What do you see for them um, in terms of like making moves at the deadline to really give them a leg up on the competition? Not only win the AL, but maybe even win the World Series. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of in the same boat when it comes to wanting our teams to go for it when the window's there. 
And uh, the window is definitely there, even though this team is still obviously really young. Um, I just don't know who's really out there for the taking right now. Um, you always hear kind of the same names being thrown around from the beginning of the season. And none of those names, you hear like the Sunny Gray, the Quintanas from the White Sox. And those are the kind of starting pitchers that are out there available. But I don't know. Honestly, I'm, I'd love a trade. I, I don't want to trade uh, – you know, give up the farm for for a guy, but I'd lo- I'd welcome a trade, but at the same time, I'm kind of happy standing pat, to be honest. Um, I think we have what it takes, and especially come September uh, when the rosters expand, a couple of these guys we have at the end of our rotation can definitely go into the bullpen and help out there. So I think we'll be ready to go. I just you know just pray for help for this team. Yeah, health health is a big thing, but I think with a younger team, you have to you got to worry about that less than other fans, right, of other teams. Right. And I'll, you mentioned our older guys, like Beltran and McCann. McCann is kind of splitting duty, and Beltran does obviously, or actually doesn't even play that much. Uh, he, so in the past couple of weeks, he's played maybe once out of every three games or so. So uh, definitely giving him some rest and hope he can rejuvenate in the offseason. But what about the Rangers? Do you think? You guys are going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. Man, I, I was hoping you weren't going to jump to the Rangers so soon because it's really sad to talk about them. Um, so right well, now... You guys you guys are almost 500, and I think only a couple games back of the final spot of the wild card. Right? We've been quote-unquote almost 500 for three months, Muck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the Rangers, it, it just seems like they just can't get on any streaks, any runs. Um... They've been hovering around 500, like I said, for the last couple of months. They had a really bad April, and so they've been, you know, right running uphill since then. But um, honestly, it seems like our front office, John Daniels and team, is looking to to either stand pat or be buyers. I know a lot of the fan base is split whether they want to sell, you know, trade Luke Croy and and Darvish and and other players to try to build up that farm system again, but. You're right. We're we're only a couple games out of the final wild card spot. If you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. We still have you now Cole Hamels, who is he's not as good as he was as a Philadelphia Philly. I mean, that's arguable because he's 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 still been really effective. But we still have his Cole. Win per, his win percentage is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. We still have Cole. We still have you Darvish for all the um, ups and downs with you Darvish and and others but it's really our bullpen that has really failed us so we're we're through almost 90 games 88 games and 17 of those games we blew the save we blew a a late inning lead to lose the game and that's just like so disheartening right because so many times we would go down in the beginning of the game we would fight back our our team i feel like our team has the most heart it's had in like the last five ten years like this this collection of players we have right now they're super talented but at the same time they've they all know they're underperforming but they still like you can tell they're they really want it they really fight for it and so they always fight back in the games and they bring it back either a one run lead or or tie or whatever going to the eighth and ninth and our bullpen just collapses so we're already on our fourth closer of the year and yeah. 
when a team is on their fourth closer or whatever, you know, you know, you know, it's it's just not destined to be a good season. Well, I know you're a big believer, uh, as am I, in the law of averages, and we talked about it a little <laughs> bit last year. And I, I told you last year, yeah, you guys were on the tear, and you definitely showed a lot of heart, winning a ton of one-run games last year. Yeah. Uh, but do you think this year is kind of averaging it out? Um, man, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like we had an, an historically, numerically almost impossible season last yeah. year, but crazy. some of the things that happened this year is also are also crazy. Um, just yeah, I remember Sam Dyson blew like <laughs> Sam five Dyson or six saves in a row. Yeah, like he blew that, and then we we had to let him go, right? Like. The story of him packing his bags in the locker room and just crying, just sobbing, like, that's really sad. Oh, and then, really? yeah, and then the Giants picked him up, and he just threw, like, three, he just had, like, three straight saves this past week. <laughs> and we're like, are you serious? <laughs> um, with that being said, though, I think if the right trade or if the right package presents itself, I think John Daniels won't have any issues letting you Darvish go. So the biggest, the two biggest pitchers this offseason, um, coming into the offseason, is um, you Darvish and Jeff Arrieta, Jake Arrieta. Yeah, yeah. As an Astros fan, would you guys trade for any one of those guys? So they're both going to be free agents, free and clear? Yeah, they're free agents. Yes. Next man. Um, yeah, I would, I would be ecstatic about one of those guys. Um, before the season, I was really interested. I heard, you know, we were dangling like Alex Bregman. We we got him second overall in the draft, I think, back in 2013 or 2012. And uh, he's, I mean, he's a great piece. He's batting seventh or eighth in our lineup right now, so not really any pressure on him. Uh, but I heard we were kind of dangling him for one of those top top tier guys, like a Chris Sale type. Um, I I don't know how much. Validity. There is that rumor. Um, you know how I how much I hate rumors, but this was one that I definitely could ignore. Um, but yeah, I, I think if we're gonna trade for a guy, I would love for him to be like like a top three caliber pitcher on this team. Uh, Keiko's been injured a ton, so just having some more insurance for for his arm would definitely be great. Yeah, the Astros have gone through their plethora of injuries with their starting pitching or just their pitching in general and they're still sitting at 60 and 29 it's just how explosive that offense is is incredible um so you know how you're you're super super high on daryl morey like he can do no wrong in my opinion the astros gm jeff jeff luho jeff luna luna yeah ever since he left st louis and went to houston in my opinion he's been like far and away the best yeah he's i i kind of wish timmy was here because because uh, he's actually like the sam hankey of the mlb i feel like that's um, i mean yeah that's a great comparison we we were horrible for a good four years like historically horrible um lost 100 plus for four straight years and I, honestly i don't i just don't know if that is good for overall because we obviously lost a ton of fans during that time it, it's hard to go to games when they can't even like give away tickets and and have people go 
Um, so I don't know if they lost like almost a generation of fans during that time period. Yeah, they were now, fe- they were feeling like a minor league team at that time. Yeah, um, but now you're kind of seeing it all come to fruition, uh, which which is the good part. It's just those four years are pretty rough though. So um, so looking back, like if you have to compare to the Sixers. Um, you know, assuming they can make this whole turnaround and, and continue trusting the process, hope everyone stays healthy. I just don't know how much those like four or five lost years are really worth it. You know mm. what I mean? Mm, that's a good point. Like, you have to have like a really loyal fan base, and, and even now, I feel like only now is are the fans really starting to come around back back to Houston. Like we're selling out uh, baseball games again, and it's all good now. It's just it took a long time to get back to this point. But as a like diehard fan, don't you appreciate that even more? You kind of get, you kind of weed out the fake fans, basically, and now you only have the true fans left. Like for me, that's what I really want. Like from a basketball standpoint, the Mavericks are kind of going through a, a low spell right now, and so a lot of people have jumped off the bandwagon. Like I don't know if you remember 2011. Like everybody wanted to be a Mavs fan, especially because they NFL, were playing that. Yeah. Yeah, they were playing the Heat too, so everyone hated LeBron and, and team, and so everyone was a Mavs fan, which which was fine. Like I don't care bandwagoners care about bandwagoners, but now is when the true fans come out, you know? Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of Dallas fans dropped out pretty soon after 2011. Um, I remember <laughs> a bunch of people like jumped to OKC with KD and uh, you know cheering on for the UT product and stuff like that. Not any, not even fans, man. Even Mark Cuban did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just. I mean, we're both in the same boat in terms of, you know, wanting people to love baseball more than they do, and those four or five years where we we're in, like below the cellar of Major League Baseball really hurt our cause. True. Okay, so let's move on um, outside of the Rangers, our beloved Rangers and Astros. Um, I think the Astros are far and away the best team in, in the American League and arguably in the entire Major League Baseball. The Rangers, they have a shot to make the playoffs. I think if they get in, I'll be pretty happy about that, but I don't want to trade for anyone or get rid of any of our prospects to make that happen. Um, so let's move on to some of the bigger surprises for you in the first half of the season? Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, Rangers being close right around the 500 mark, but there's actually a ton of teams there too. So yeah, that's true. another kind of drawback if you're going to be a buyer in the, in the trade deadline. Like you have a lot of teams right above you or right below you. So uh, you got to make up some ground in that matter too. Um, if we're just staying in the American League, uh, Boston's leading. Cleveland's leading their division. No real surprises there. Um, I think the only surprise for me is kind of the NL West or the AL West, our division. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought this was the year that Seattle was gonna make a push and uh, really live up to their talent level, uh, at least on offense. And I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, it's it's sad that they can't do better especially in that stadium they should just be hitting stuff out out of the park with nelly and and cano but for some reason they they just i feel like they haven't been relevant since each row left them 
and that yeah, was like ten right. years ago. Yeah, it's been a long time, and and every year in the off season, like they look good on paper. I just I don't know what's going on. I think we are both in agreement. We hate the Yankees. We hate the Red Sox, but. It's good for baseball when these two teams are successful or, or doing well. And yeah. I know they're both, I think the Red Sox are leading and the Yankees are like three or four games behind them. But yeah. the Yankees, they have this new guy, Aaron Judge, who is yeah. basic, basically a football player playing baseball. He has 30 home runs as a rookie at the half, halfway point. How impressed are you with this guy? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm impressed with the Yankees in general. You're right, I hate them, but baseball is definitely better when when they're still relevant. And the Yankees, I feel like, are a year ahead of their rebuilding process. Yeah, like, I didn't think a year or this, two, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think they'd be this good already, and Aaron Judge is obviously a big part of that. He's running away with Rookie of the Year, and honestly, arguably running away with the MVP as well. Yes, um, yeah. They're just... we. Obviously, teams and pitchers are going to adjust uh, to try to figure out his weaknesses, but they just haven't found any yet. He's really disciplined at the plate. He draws a ton of walks through. His on-base percentage is, is through the roof, especially for a rookie. And his average is like 330 or something. So I, I don't know how you pitch this guy yet. As a rookie, like that's insane. As a rookie who who was definitely a, a triple sports star, he was a basketball star and a football star and now he's playing baseball um 30 home runs 66 rbis rookie post yeah halfway mark post steroids era you guys or do you think he has a shot at 50 55 plus home runs this year oh man yeah i I think i mean he has obviously has to look out for the rookie wall that seems to hit like baseball players more than in other sports yeah but man that he's off to a great start and he's gonna be in the uh in the home run derby this weekend so a lot of people are gonna get to see him maybe for the first time he's huge he's like six five six six uh and he plays right field so um you're right he kind of looks out of place as a uh as a baseball player sometimes like it may make more sense if he was a tight end or or you know a small forward or something in the nba yeah so i i retweeted this thing that i found out about aaron judge and we'll move on after this but this was his senior year in high school he had 54 receptions for almost a thousand yards and 17 touchdowns that's the school record at the same time he was playing basketball he was the all-state center for that state averaging 19 and 13 and then his baseball stats he was batting 500 as a senior seven home runs 32 rbis but on top of that he was nine and three as a pitcher with a 0.65 era all right this guy like he this guy was just built and made to play sports right yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like he made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. Major League Baseball, especially with guaranteed contracts, don't have to worry about injuries as much as he would have in the NFL. And uh, NBA, I mean, he's he's tall, for, but uh, he's definitely not center tall for the NBA. So uh, Major League Baseball definitely gained a good one. 
Yeah, so let's let's move on to the to the other huge rookie on the other side, um, the National League, and that's Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers. He's one yeah. of the bigger surprises for me as well. Um, he's only played about 65, 70 games, so less than half of the games, or l- less than half of the 160 that will, will happen. But he already has almost 30 home runs. He has 25, so he is on pace to hit 50 as a rookie as well. How, how do you feel about this lefty? I, I actually haven't seen him at all yet. I've only read up about him and, and maybe seen a couple of highlights, especially when he had that string of games where he hit you know, homers and like, I don't know, a ton of consecutive games. Uh, he looks really impressive. Dodgers are actually my surprise in, in the NL. Um, I knew they'd be good. I knew they'd probably win the division, but I didn't think they'd be like, 61 wins at the all-star break good yeah that's that's Um, ridiculous cody bellinger's cody bellinger's swing though i don't know if you watched it it's really really nice really smooth yeah yeah, that the rest of the nl west is actually pretty competitive Um, yeah outside the dodgers you have arizona which is a pretty surprise team too um they obviously have a bunch of talented players but to get 53 wins is pretty astounding and then Colorado is right there. Um, they're obviously pretty far back at the Dodgers, but aside from them, like I think the biggest surprise would have to be the Cubs, right? Yep, yep. Cubs right now are sitting 43 and 45 after winning the World Series. Um, they are five five and a half games behind the Brewers in the NL Central. They're definitely underperforming, but so are the Cardinals. So it kind of gives them a chance, yeah. maybe, to get on a run and sneak past Milwaukee because there's no way they're gonna get the um, the wild card because those three teams you mentioned in the in the yeah. West is gonna get those two spots. Yeah, that that division is kind of a mess. Uh, Milwaukee, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Even the most diehard Brewers fan definitely wouldn't see that coming. Uh, but the Cubs, I know. You and I weren't super, super high on them, and I think in our preview podcast, we actually both wanted them to wait another 100-plus years <laughs> to uh, race the World Series again. So nice. maybe this is the start of that. Yeah, so I, I was just looking up uh, biographies of Cody Bellinger and um, Aaron Judge. So according to ESPN, Bellinger is listed at 6'4", 210 pounds, which is really good size, right? Yeah. How big do you think Aaron Judge is? On ESPN, I think he's at least six five, right? He's right. listed at six seven, two eighty two. Oh man, <laughs> two hundred eighty oh, pounds. That's just ridiculous. So I, I mean, it's kind of a segue to the All Star game or the All Star break, and that's a home run derby. We have yeah. Judge and Stanton, two of the biggest hitters, possibly in history. Um, are you gonna, are you gonna even watch? Does it even intrigue you? Uh, the home run derby is the only thing that is partly intriguing to me. Um, but at the same time, I'm really glad none of the Astros wanted to do it. Um, I just feel like it does mess up your swing a little bit. I think it does, yeah. Maybe not mechanic, I don't know, there's just something about it, because, I mean, you're swinging a ton, and you're, you're pretty much you know, giving 110% to try to knock as many homers as possible in, like, the shortest amount of time. And it's great for the fans. It's just, I feel like if your team is really serious about 
um, trying to keep you healthy and going for a stretch run for the postseason is probably not the greatest idea. Um, but with that said, I am I'm probably going to tune in on the, whatever day that is to watch Jaron Judge and Stan the, do their thing. Do you foresee one of them not winning? I kind of see that. I I feel oh, yeah. like always the the um the home run derby like there's always hype around a couple players, and then they end up flopping, and this guy who no one really thinks about a hundred and one <laughs> shot ends up like winning, like you know, like someone like Todd Helton and those people yeah. they would end up winning. For example, like the the one year Josh Hamilton hit like twenty straight home runs in New York. He didn't yeah. even get out of the first round. Yeah, I, I don't know the the not standings, but the uh, the format to it now. But I remember that year. I was just like, how did he not make out of that first round? Like, there's something wrong, something weird with the format that year that Hamilton was in it. Um, but you're right. I think a lot of it, a lot more than we care to admit, depends on like the actual pitcher that's pitching the pitches to them. You know, they have to have it not only the right speed, but it's the right spot that they're that they like. Um, and so, yeah, you never know. It's it's kind of like the three point contest. There's always like a guy that's really hype coming in, and sometimes it's just turns out to be like the best set shooter. You know? Are you referring to Eric Gordon over Clay Thompson? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you know, both of both both of us think. Clay is way overrated, but yeah, shout out, shout out to Eric Gordon once again. I'm surprised he hasn't been traded yet. <laughs> don't, don't jinx him, man. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping he is. All right, so moving on from the Strohs and the Rangers, first half surprises, all-star game. Um, what about second half and postseason predictions? Who do you think will win? Obviously, I think you're going to say the Strohs, but... What do they need to do, and who do you think they're going to match up with? So now we're starting to talk a little bit more about postseason, and I don't want to jinx it or anything, but um, if there's one team I'm scared of, it's definitely the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, um, they are a legit team. They're a really tough matchup. They have three quality, quality starters uh, pitching-wise, and their offense, when they're, you know, when they're in sync, they can definitely hit their hit up there with anyone else. And but their bullpen, I think, is the best in the league. I I second that. I think that bullpen is the best in the majors. But I would say Corey Kluber, their their starter, is quietly like one of the best starters in the league, right? Yeah. So he won Cy Young a couple years ago and didn't have a good year last year. But once the postseason came, he he turned it up, and I think that's something that. You know, Kluber, Sale, all the best pitchers can do. They can just kind of turn it up a notch in the postseason. And um, while, you know, I'm very happy with the Astros offense right now, I think we all know that once the postseason hits, it's kind of all about the pitching. Yeah, so, it's a different animal for sure. Yeah. But the the good thing about the Astros is because they're younger and athletic, they have speed, so they can definitely manufacture runs. I don't know if the Indians can do the same. I know they have one speedster, but their team is is kind of like, you know, littered with veterans. I don't know if they can manufacture runs and steal bases and and do that. Yeah, yeah I definitely take our offense, uh, like the Astros offense, over the Cleveland offense. But that's one adjustment I would definitely make if I were manager of the Astros going forward. 
second half of the season, I'd love to see a little more small ball, a little more hit and run, just being more creative offensively. Um, we've gone from most strikeouts in the league back two or three years ago to least strikeouts in the league now. Mm-hmm. But now since we're making so much contact and we have so many people on base, we, we're like second or third in hitting into the most double plays, which sucks. <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways, it's you know much worse than striking out sometimes. So hopefully we can be more creative running the bases. We haven't actually done that much this year. You're not worried about the Red Sox at all? No, Red Sox, I, I feel like they, they got one starter, uh, Chris Sale, who's obviously out of this world. But the other guys, I'm not really concerned about. Uh, you know, I know you're not scared of David Price either. <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah, and I, I feel like the Astros should be able to knock him around. Uh, Drew Pomeranz is like their fourth guy, and he's he's okay, I guess. And the Cy Young winner last year, uh, his name kind of escapes me right now, but he's not having the best year. Mm-hmm. Um, so really just sale that if he's on the top of his game, it's, it's going to be a really, really tough um, tough night, tough game. But these Astros, I don't know what happened, whether it's hitting coach or what, but they've all of a sudden become like really adept at, um, like up and down the lineup, everyone's getting really good at bats. So I feel like sooner or later, we should be able to manufacture like you know two or three runs against anybody. Um so you're saying the at bats you see are the complete opposite of what I see as a Rangers fan? <laughs> at least from Odor, I can't speak for Beltran is amazing. Uh, we have Odor, Napoli, Gomez, and Gallo. Gallo who lead, who are four of the top ten strikeout kings in the <laughs> in the league. Yeah, well, you you know how I feel about Odor. Not the biggest fan. Gallo, I have him on fantasy team, so I definitely know he's hitting under 200 with like 20 home runs. So he's definitely an all or nothing kind of guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's just something happened in the last three years where we've become like we're somehow still leading the league in slugging while striking out the least. I I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something going on in Houston. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm looking up and down the lineup for the team you're scared of, the Cleveland Indians, and basically they have the same team as last year that made the World yeah. Series, but they added Edwin Encarnacion and yeah. Michael Brantley was hurt last year. So he was. I I think he might have been back for the World Series. I can't. No, he wasn't. He, he wasn't at all. No, okay. so they basically have two, you know, top five batters back on their lineup for this year and you're right this this lineup looks pretty scary and it's almost made for the playoffs yeah they they got a good mix of veterans on there and but like i said it you know it always comes down to pitching and their top three guys are legit yeah and the way that terry francona um uses andrew miller is just genius right like he, he has no role it's just whatever is the most pressing or high intense intense inning there is and he, and the Indians need you know the two the three outs like Francona has no 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 issues with just throwing Andrew Miller out there yeah that's the bigger thing too um Francona I definitely give the managerial edge to the Red Sox or not to to uh to the Indians so I'm not the biggest fan of uh the Astros current manager uh, obviously he's doing great with the talent around him but 
when it comes to postseason, like little little decisions here and there can make or break a game. Yeah. So first, I we want to say you know prayers to Terry Francona and family. I think he's in surgery right now for like an irregular irregular heartbeat. So hope he uh, hope he recovers. But with that being said, you don't like the Astros manager. You guys are sixty and twenty nine. <laughs> I I've had some beef with them for a few years. So this goes a little ways back. Um, I, I just I think he overthinks the game sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, like he tries to be a little too cute when he doesn't need to be, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong about him and, and he can carry us, um, manage this team all the way to the World Series. That'd be great. What about the NL side? Who who do you think? What do you think is gonna happen over there? Man, I see the Dodgers. It's almost like they're destined to to just. I say this every year because I feel like they've been either gone off to a hot start or go on a crazy run at least once or twice for the last four or five years, definitely during the Kershaw era. But I think this might be the year for them to to actually pull through and, and make it through the National League. Yeah, it, it looks like theirs for the taking right now. Uh, the only team that might stand in their way is a team you're really high on a, a few months ago with Bryce Harper and the Washington Nationals. What do you think about them? Yeah, it's it's weird we haven't mentioned them. They're sitting at fifty two and thirty six, so it's it's a really good first half, but they kinda lost a lot of steam, right, recently. I think the last two, three weeks they've been going on extended losing streaks and losing all these series and stuff and um what's his name? S- Steven Strasberg looks terrible. Like what happened yeah. to that guy? Uh they're they have pitching concerns in general outside of Max Scherzer. Uh, zero bullpen. <laughs> I think they're going to be really desperate this next month around the trade deadline. Uh, but they definitely need to make some moves. Yeah, and I, I don't know what kind of moves they can make, right? Because they're about to pay someone $400 million. <laughs> Your boy. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he is my boy, even though he's had a really up and down first half. Um, yeah. is he in the is he in the All Star game? I don't even know. Yeah, he should be. Uh, okay. He's in all the commercials at least. So okay, gotcha, be. gotcha. Uh, but I don't know. I think this just kind of proves that baseball season is a little too long. <laughs> like we're we're sitting here at the All Star break, and there's still gonna be eight seventy to eighty games left to play afterwards. It's just it's a little crazy. Yeah, it is long, but I will say. Um, that last month of the season, if your team is in the playoff race or like yeah. positioning for the playoffs, it's really exciting. And yeah. I do like how there's a game every day because um, so much can change just within a week's time and stuff. So that that's one thing I do appreciate with a 162 game schedule. But you're right, as a whole, like the season is, is just way too long. And the thing is, though, there's nothing else during the summer have tennis and some golf here and there but nothing nothing else i mean this year with the nba it's it's kind of an anomaly but summer league is actually selling out in vegas tv ratings are through the roof for summer league basketball so i know for me as a mavericks fan i've been watching the the Mavs (laughs) summer league games which is first time ever in my life but yeah i noticed yeah outside of outside of that like it's just baseball and so they don't need a change basically because they they own a monopoly of this summer steak. Yeah, it, it real segue uh, real quick, but 
it is a pretty exciting time for Dallas fans. I'm pretty high on Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I still can't believe the Knicks passed up on him. <laughs> like, whether that was Bill Jackson or not, someone had to see that you know he had more potential than uh, that French kid they got. Yeah, I mean, we were raving about you know Frank's length and how long his wingspan was and stuff. But can the guy play basketball? And we don't even maybe, know, maybe in three years. And yeah, we don't even know that because he's not even playing much in France. So it's like, why, why as a team would you go for this unknown versus Dennis Smith, who was the number one junior in high school? Then he tore his ACL, played a yeah. year at NC State, and now he looks like he's he's back one hundred percent. Yeah, obviously it's too soon to tell. Um, we've had a lot of other players, lesser known players, have amazing summer leagues. True. That's a good start. Yeah. So let's end this podcast um, kind of discussing the next crop of young players, if you will. There's so many. We mentioned Bellinger and Aaron Judge. You have one in um, Houston and Carlos Correa. There's Bryce Harper, Mike Trout. Who do you think is the best out of that young group of players? And who do you think is the most marketable? I, I still have to go with Mike Trout. If he if he's still considered in that young group, which I think he is, yeah, I, I think I think he's the best. He plays a premier position in center field, Gold Glove caliber guy, MVP, multiple MVPs already, and I I just don't see a real weakness to his game. Uh, hopefully he can get back healthy. Uh, most marketable, I just I don't know. It's it's really hard to say. It, I feel like. Baseball players in general are so hard to market nowadays, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I think the biggest knock on Mike Trout, right, is playing on the, on the Angels. Yeah. If you're not going to win, people are not going to buy your jersey. People are not going to watch your games unless yeah. you're Boston or New York. And so that's why my answer is actually Aaron Judge. I think cool. him just exploding in that market Everyone's about to buy his jersey, especially if he wins the home run derby tomorrow night or whenever it is. Um, I think he's the next best best thing, and he might not be the best player. I mean, he's not the best player, but he's definitely going to be the mar- most marketable guy. I think it's just natural that New York gets someone again that people are going to love and cheer for. I hate the Yankees, man. <laughs> Well, I don't know anything about his personality, though. Like, I haven't seen him in any interviews or anything. I don't know if he's completely stiff. Because part part of the reason why, you know, a guy like Jeter was so marketable is because he's really personable. He's, he's kind of down-to-earth guy. He's I mean, he's definitely really cool uh, on the outside looking in, but he handles the media really well as well. Uh, on the good-looking side, a uh, ton of drama and a lot of girlfriends here and there. But he... He was marketable all around, and Judge, definitely from a market standpoint, uh, you know, playing it on the Yankees and the pinstripes, and definitely from a talent standpoint. But the personality has to be there too. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but a couple of things that are you know working in his favor, like you said, Yankees is one, probably the biggest one. Yeah, that's huge. He's already part of Team Jordan, so he's following in Jeter's footsteps. Oh, he is. Yeah, oh, man. and chicks. Chicks dig the long ball, man. He already has 30 <laughs> of them. He's only played in like 90 games. Um, you know, people are just gonna people are just gonna follow this guy unless he it comes out that he's on HGH or something. But 
he's just huge. He's been this size since he was like a junior in high school. And um, I'm looking forward to see, you know, how good he is in the second half. Yeah, I, I hope he's for real too. I, I think this the game right now definitely needs a boost in terms of the young players, uh, the next generation of stars. Like the, the generation we grew up in is definitely uh, dwindling down. Uh, you know, a guy like Adrian Beltre is kind of kind of a one and only now, and then who knows how long he has left. But we need the next crop of guys to come in and really take baseball to the next level. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning Adrian Beltre because that's how I'm going to close this podcast out. He's <laughs> he's about 15 or 20 hits away from 3,000 hits. Um, yeah. Keep it going, Adrian Beltre, and uh, keep doing work. Um, thanks for listening to our podcast. I'm sorry it ran a little long. I think that's what happens when you have myself and Mock talk about baseball because we don't get to do it very often. So just continue, and, and before we know it, 40 minutes you know passes by, but... Thanks for listening to us. As always, come find us on Facebook. It's Six Pennies Podcast. It's also where you can find the latest and greatest in terms of news, giveaways, um, different sponsorships. Um, that's the best way to find Aleph Technology if you're looking to sign up for the next Scrum class or anything like that. And once you uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes. It's Six Pennies Podcast. Thanks, guys. All right, everyone. We decided to do a quick five-minute you know, addendum, we wanted to have Mock's reactions to the Home Run Derby tonight. We recorded the previous podcast podcast right before the Home Run Derby between Stanton and Judge and the rest of the guys. But Judge just won. He hit three 500-plus feet home runs. Um, I didn't get to see it. I was playing basketball. But Mock, what were your initial reactions? I am very impressed with them right now. Uh, <laughs> the Astros have played the Yankees uh, a couple series already this year and he didn't do all that great so I wasn't um yeah I wasn't all that impressed other than his stats that I see you know and just accumulating the uh base hits and hitting for average and for power but he made that look easy um I like the format this year so they did it like a like a bracket format kind of like uh final four uh except it's elite eight Uh, So they gave each of these guys like a ranking, uh, one through eight. Like Stan, they put as one, and Judge, they put as two. Uh, So it's like head-to-head every round. And I'd say the only bad thing was it seemed like even the announcers and the refs, I mean the umps, weren't ready for Judge's power. Um, So Judge hit a ball off the roof today. And that one, I think... For sure would have been over 450 feet, but it doesn't count as a home run in Miami because, I I don't know, that's just the rules of the stadium. Yeah. Uh, But I don't think it's ever been done before, so... um, Wait, Stanton even didn't hit the the roof? Yeah, Stanton said... They had Stanton commentating with them as Judge was going up because Stanton got upset in the first round. He had a really slow start, and uh, he made a run out of it, but... Sanchez beat him. Eight, eight seed, top of the one seed. Yeah. The Vegas favorite. Yeah, but the uh, but the best matchup was actually first round Aaron Judge versus Justin Bohr. So Justin Bohr, uh, it's funny because he's been rumored to be traded to the Yankees soon as well. Oh, but sick. He, he plays for the Marlins, 
and uh, Stan was just hyping him up the whole time. Boar was in there, and Boar was like making a show out of it. He was like hyping up the hometown crowd. Yeah, uh, people were going nuts, and he, I think he hit twenty one or twenty two in the first round. In the first I, round. In the first round, and I honestly thought it was over. So you have four mi- four minutes to hit as many as you can. You get one timeout, and if you hit at least two bombs over four hundred fifty feet, then you get a thirty second bonus. Uh, oh. So yeah, that's such a hack. Players, that's such a yeah. hack for Aaron Judge. Yeah, well, for Stan too. But that actually goes, oh, kind of hurts him as well because you know the longer home runs you hit, you can't hit the next ball until the ball lands, <laughs> until the previous ball lands. So that kind of went against Stan's favor a little bit. But Judge went up there. I thought he was done. Twenty-two is a huge number. Yeah. And he, so Judge went second in every single round. Um, the three rounds and he never had to use up all his time wow so he just made it look easy and by the time second round and uh finals came around everyone was like super tired you could tell uh bellinger actually did pretty well uh the rookie from la that we talked about earlier was that the final um, bellinger versus judge no bellinger uh lost to judge in the semis oh uh, gotcha yeah so but judge was the only one who seemed to be like it was, a, it was a cheat code almost. Like It's like NBA Jam playing with you know, unlimited stamina. That, that's what it looked like while just, everyone else was like. Just put the turbo, really well. just push the turbo button all the way down? Yeah, push the turbo, push the power, push the truck stick, whatever you want to call it. It's <laughs> Aaron Judge. Man, that is crazy. So are you impressed? Are you not entertained? <laughs> I'm entertained. I just. I don't know what I expected from him personality-wise, but he's a super humble kid. Um, how, how so? They, I'm, I'm assuming they interviewed him after. Yeah, they interviewed him. He, he doesn't really... Um, I guess he kind of lets his bat do the talking. Uh, it was pretty cool. He had like a personalized bat up there, uh, specifically for the derby. It looked pretty tight. Uh, but yeah, he wouldn't... I don't know. He just... He's kind of a, he's kind of on the quiet side, at least for the media. It looks like, uh, you know, he's not gonna be your. I, I feel like I told you, like if Bryce Harper had his talent, <laughs> you hate like, Bryce. Well, it would be the most marketable guy ever, right? Like, but hey, Mike that. Mike Trout is not very like charismatic. Yeah, but I mean, he still shows a little bit more than I. I at least that I've seen so far from Judge. But, I guess he uh, has those Subway commercials. Yeah, Subway. Eat fresh, man. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, Aaron Judge looks like a good kid. I'm going to read a little bit more into his backstory because uh, apparently he was... <laughs> his story is kind of similar to Levi. Like, he was adopted on the second day after he was born, stuff like that. So. Oh, dang. New biggest fan. <laughs> wow. It's happening. Just some, just some tidbits for uh, Six Pennies <laughs> podcast. Right here. Wow, inside info. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like when I when we recorded the podcast earlier, I kind of felt like he was going to be the most marketable just because, you know, the whole Yankees thing, the whole home runs thing. But you're right. I haven't really seen his personality. I haven't seen his charisma. But I think that's something his PR team can kind of hone and develop. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. You said it earlier. Like, it looks like he's kind of just born for sports, and he looked like the super supreme athlete out there. Dang. Um, and this is among, like, it's it's one thing seeing fans react to you know a guy like Aaron Judge hitting all these bombs, 
But it's another thing watching like his teammates and his peers. Uh, and this guy's a rookie, remember? Uh, yeah, he's a rookie. This, yeah, this 24, 25-year-old kid like d- dropping jaws um, from these big-name players. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for the quick addendum for listening in. Um, I guess Mock is going to get off the line and start researching about Aaron Judge and his life and his parents and everything. But um, congratulations to Aaron Judge, the 2017 home run king. Uh, please listen to us on Six Pennies Podcast on, on iTunes. Subscribe to us and also find us on Facebook. It's also Six Pennies Podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs>